um, my, me and my friends decided to want to plan this epic party. And when I mean epic party, I mean like parties that you want to talk about for like years to come epic. So we had this brilliant idea. You guys ready for it? <laughs> no. Okay, one person. But we decided to plan a Christian dance music party Christian music only. We were going to change the game. We were going to change all parties, and it was going to be amazing. So me and my friends are planning. We were looking up, like, the cheesiest Christian dance music ever. And so, you know, we're getting this stuff ready. We're getting, like, you know, lights. We're getting everything set up. I can show you a picture of my first um, DJ career. Look at me. Look at I'm off to the right. I got a cheesy um, glow-in-the-dark DJ turntable thing going on. I got a big hat that was, like, three sizes too big, a cheap... Uh, speaker system, and I was ready to go, man. It was my first DJ gig. I was pumped, and so, you know, we're playing this music, and people are walking down, and, like, nobody's dancing. <laughs> like, no one's dancing, and I'm like, hey, start dancing for the Lord. Like, come on. Let's get moving, 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 and people are coming up to me, and they were like, yo, like, start playing Lil Wayne. Start playing Drake, and, you know, this righteous anger of me was getting furious, and I'm like, no, and we're playing this music, and so then someone came up to me and was like, yo, start playing sicko mode. No, I'm joking. This way before, way before time. And, um, and, and so he came up to, like, some kid came up to, he's like, yo, play LMFAO. And I was like, what'd you just say? So I had a tie, right? I took off my tie. I dropped it. I went upstairs. I started crying. No, I didn't start crying, but I was like, I went out into the patio. I was like, God, what are you doing? I planned this thing for you. This was going to be epic. And I, and I was just like, oh my gosh. I looking back on it, bro. I was like, what was I thinking? Like cheesy Christian music that nobody knew and no one was dancing. No one was having a good time. And I was just such a legalistic Christian. It was the worst. But I, the reason why I start with that story is because actually during that time, I felt something, and I felt very alone. I felt like I was the only serious Christian in my circle of friends, and I was really embarrassed for talking about Jesus and, and stuff like that, and, and, I, and yeah, you know, looking back on it, yeah, the dance party is cheesy, but looking through my middle school and high school years, there was times in my life where I felt really alone for being a Christian. I felt really embarrassed, and even so much so in my small group of friends. And so maybe I want to ask you guys a question tonight. Do you feel embarrassed about Jesus? Like seriously, do you feel embarrassed when like, you're in the outside world and you're doing your thing and someone brings up Jesus? Are you the type of person that tries to shun away because you don't want to look like, oh, you're a Christian. Oh, you follow Jesus. Oh, you read the Bible. Are you that type of person? Because growing up, man, like growing up, I was seriously like that. And for me personally, I, what, I, what I love, I love to talk about. Like some of you guys know I love Avalon, right? I love Avalon. I brought Avalon to the green room. I love Avalon. I love to play Avalon. I love pizza. I'll show you the best pizzerias in Melville because I love pizza. And, you know, it's just there was the disconnect between what I, because I really did love Jesus, but I didn't love to talk about Jesus. And I was so ashamed because, look, everybody knew in my circle of friends in my school that I was a serious Christian, and I wasn't doing things. And I felt very alone and felt very embarrassed for what I believed in and what I was, the life that I was living. And during this time, and I know you guys are trying to figure out who you are as a person, and you don't want to be rejected. You don't want to be an outcast. You want to be accepted. You want to feel loved by everybody. And I know... 
That living a life of, for Jesus is countercultural. If you're living seriously for Jesus, you just live a different life. And so I get it. Maybe you guys feel the same way tonight too. You feel alone. Maybe in your small group, some of you, a lot of you guys go to SCS, but in your small group of friends, you feel like you're the only person really living for Jesus. Maybe you're the only person living for Jesus in your family, or school, I don't know, whatever the situation is for you, and you feel very alone. You feel very like an outcast, and you're embarrassed by what you believe in. Well, tonight, I want to give you guys some hope, because as I look back in my life and as I was embarrassed, I just ask myself why I'm embarrassed. Like, why am I embarrassed about who Jesus is? Because as I look out into the world, I see all the brokenness in this world. As I go into high school, I see kids were partying, getting drunk, wasting their lives, getting lit on a Friday night, and just feeling sad and broken because they were wasting their lives. And it was crazy because as a, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, I was serious, but I, I had the hope that they were looking for, and I was too embarrassed, I was too ashamed of my faith to share and speak and just offer hope what they were looking for all along. And so maybe you guys are feeling the same way tonight too. And I think really what's at stake here tonight is something really important. Because if you consider yourself a real follower of Jesus, and you know, and everyone, everyone in this room wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves, Right? You want to just have this sense like you're, you're living for something greater than yourself. And I'm telling you right now, this is it. Sharing Jesus, being a little bold, being courageous, being part of something bigger than yourself by sharing Jesus, giving hope to hopeless people in hopeless situations. And to be honest with you, if you feel like, uh, like you, you read your Bible, you pray, you do things, and you kind of just kind of getting bored, if you're be honest with yourself, of Christianity, you kind of like, what's the whole point of this? Well, this is the point. The reason why you're in your school, in your situation, is you're supposed to share. You're supposed to be the light of the world. Jesus calls us the light of the world. So are you letting your light shine for others to see? Are you being that hope that someone needs? Seriously, ask yourself, are you embarrassed of your faith here tonight? If you're not a Christian, if you kind of live one in the world, one out the world, you're going to hear a lot today about why Jesus could be trusted. Well, like, what's the point? And is following Jesus worth it? Because I think, if I be honest, that following Jesus will be the best decision of your life because it, you're following something what you were supposed to follow all along and what you're designed to follow. And for green room kids, people who are serious about Jesus, who want to change the world for Jesus, man. Like, I am so crazy enough to think that everyone here in this room can go out, be vocal about their faith, not, not in a cheesy way, but really genuine way, and we can just grow this youth group into the biggest youth group ever. I'm like crazy enough to think that people, you guys can invite others to come into the green room and, and you can invite other people in these chairs and you, they can experience God for themselves. I'm even crazy enough to think that you guys could go outside these walls, share Jesus, have, get people saved outside these walls and bring them in and then they can experience what church is all about. Because here's the deal, church is supposed to be uncomfortable. Church is, you're not, this isn't just for yourself here tonight. Supposed to be bigger 
than you. And so with this great task that we are called to, that God is calling us to, it could get kind of confusing. It could get kind of like, I I don't know what to do. Like sharing Jesus, that's huge, right? That's like a big, big thing. I don't know what to do. But I want to show us a conversation that happened about 2,000 years ago. That is one of my favorite passages in the Bible that comes along with sharing Jesus. And it's crazy. And so we're going to look at Acts 17. If you guys want to open up your Bibles on your phones and follow along with me, that'd be cool. If you guys want to take notes, we'll be in Acts 17. And so before we start reading, I just want to set up a little context. And Paul, we're going to look at the Apostle Paul. And what Paul is, is this guy, he was murdering Christians. Some of you guys may know that. And he got radically changed by Jesus. Jesus met him. Paul answered the call, and now he's spreading the gospel. He's spreading good news to everybody. And so he's in this town called Athens in Rome, and these people were super smart. They were philosophers. They knew they had, like, they they were intelligent people. And so Paul was going up against these people, and he was in this town waiting for two of his friends. And we pick up in verse 16 in Acts 17, and it says this. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. I want to stop right there for a sec. When you guys go out into your schools, to your maybe to your back home family, or you're with your friends that aren't living for Jesus, you should be deeply troubled by the way they're living. You, it should burden you. Your heart should break for you when people are partying, being confused what gender they are, just doing whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. Your heart should break for people who don't know Jesus, for people who are living lives whatever they want to do. And if it doesn't break, if your heart doesn't break for that, then that says something about you. I'm just going to leave that where that may leave. Well, he went to the synagogue to reason with Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles. I love that word, reason, because honestly, here tonight, maybe you believe that we think that this God thing is just something we say so that we can believe it, or we're just like crazy just to think about this God, and we just want to feel better about ourselves, so we believe. No, there's reasons for why we believe what we believe. God is not just some illogical God. No, God, you can reason. There's reasons to believe what we believe. And I'm going to be right here up into the front. And if you, you're doubting about your faith and you're a skeptic, that's, that's cool. Because guess what? I was. I questioned everything. When I was growing up, I was taught, hey, this is truth. And then my senior year of high school, I was like, I don't know if that's truth. And so I went on a journey to seek for truth. I'm telling you, there's reasons to believe what we believe. And I love how Paul was just reasoning with Jews and God-fearing Gentiles, and he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. So setting up this picture, Paul is in this public square just talking and reasoning with people. It goes on and says, he also had a debate with some of the, I'm going to say this wrong, Epicurean and Stodic philosophers, I don't know, whatever. whatever. <laughs> but so he was having a debate, and honestly, there's other translations, instead of that word debate, it says conversate. Like they, Paul is having conversations with these, people, these philosophers. And that's a really important point because if you want to spread Jesus, you don't hit people over the head with Bible. You don't tell them, hey, you're wrong and you're going to hell. You have a conversation with people. The best times 
in my life that I've known personally was when I just sat down and had a conversation. And when, with a conversation, you engage with somebody else's worldview, you engage with somebody else's point of view, and you just get to learn them as a person while you're having a conversation. So Paul is out in this scenario, in this scene, just having conversations and talking to these really big philosophers. And he was so vocal, and he was saying this. It goes on to say, when he told them about Jesus and his resurrection. So Paul is sitting in the public square just talking about what? Jesus and the resurrection. Life, and there's a lot of questions that people might throw at you. Like, uh, can the Bible be trusted? Or, oh, what about the Old Testament? And or what about this? What about that? Blah, 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 blah. You can always rely on the facts. And always come back to, if you get confused, say, hey, I, mean, I don't know about that question right now, but I know this, that Jesus was a historical person, came down, lived a life I couldn't, died on a cross for me, and rose back from the dead. Because here's the truth here tonight. If it wasn't for the resurrection, our faith is literally meaningless. Paul says it in 1 Corinthians. He says, hey, look, and I'm paraphrasing here. He says, hey, you can eat, party, drink, doesn't matter. Tomorrow we're going to die if the resurrection didn't happen. But guess what, guys? Good news. This historical event happened. Jesus rose back from the dead. That changed everything for us as people. So you can just simply ask. You don't know where to start? When you're talking with somebody, when you're having a conversation with somebody, say, hey, do you believe that Jesus died and rose back from the dead? Because our faith is hinged upon that. So he's talking about Jesus in this public square. And these philosophers, they said, what's this babbler trying to say with these strange ideas he's picked up? Others said, he seems to be preaching about some foreign gods. Then they took him to the high council of the city. So now he's entering into the big leagues. And he says, come and tell us about this new teaching. They said, you are saying some rather strange things and we want to know what it's all about. Tonight, if you're talking, whenever you talk about Jesus, you should make Jesus seem so attractive that people want to know more about it. That's what we, and Paul says it in somewhere else. He says, we don't want to make it difficult for unbelievers to not accept Jesus. And this is what breaks my heart for the church, and maybe not necessarily you guys, but as a church, we just do a bad job of making good news look really bad. Like, good news is good. We call the gospel the good news because good news is good news. It's never stopped being good news. So are you, the way you live your life, even, Making Jesus so attractive that people want to know more about who you live for. So Paul, standing before this council of really smart people, he's addressing them as follows. He says, men of Athens, I noticed that you were very religious in every way. And stop there for a second. Paul understood these people's culture by just engaging with them, having conversations with them. And look what he does. He says, so Paul, um, he says, for as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines and one of your altars had this inscription on it to an unknown God. This God whom you worship without even knowing is the one I'm about to tell you about. And so here's what Paul just did. He took what they knew, twisted it, 
and made it more presentable to show who Jesus is. It's so cool. As we talk to people about Jesus, we need to engage and we need to understand people's culture so that we can meet them where they're at. And he says this, he is the God who made the world and everything in it. I would say the majority of cultural issues that we are facing today hinges on that statement right there. Especially when I was growing up, um, a lot of people made fun of me because I wasn't having sex. And I wasn't making out with whoever I wanted to make out with. It was really uncomfortable. I was on varsity team, and that's all I heard. So I know what it's like, guys. And honestly, growing up, I believed. I was like, I'm not supposed to have sex because my, the Bible says so and my parents say so. Because Jesus wouldn't want me. And guess what, guys? It's better than just the Bible says so. Because our bodies and how God created it is all about design. And God created sex in an amazing way and created it for a special context. And that's what he actually designed it for. It's all about design, guys. That Paul even says it later and also in 1 Corinthians that our bodies aren't meant for sexual immorality. So we're not just supposed to do whatever we want with our bodies. It will actually cause us harm. So tonight, you're designed for one person. And that's the opposite sex. And, and so, um, and I had this conversation once and when I was in Suffolk Community College and I was a Bible club president at the time and I was eating lunch alone in the cafeteria because I'm a loser and that's what I did. No, I'm joking. <laughs> and so I was eating lunch and these people behind me were just ripping apart God. They were like, ah, oh, God, it's, God hates homosexuality and homosexuals and all this stuff. And I was just like, whoa, this is crazy. So I turned around and I was like, hey guys, I'm the Christian club president here at the school. Can I just have, can I talk with you guys and clear up some things? And, and so I just had a conversation. I went back to, it's all about design. That our bodies are literally designed in an amazing way. And here's the deal. That might scare you, or that could be the most freeing thing you've ever heard. Because guess what? Our God's not looking to just bring us rules and just have us suffer and just have us whatever. No, God wants us to experience life and life abundantly. And he designed things in a way that's amazing. And when we follow it and when we trust it, despite whatever our heart's telling us, despite whatever we feel inside, we find life and life abundantly. And so guess what, guys? We live in a culture that's talking about this. Like you look out in the, in the world, in the news, whatever you guys are looking at, like it's, everyone's talking about this. So as the church, as, our youth, as this youth group, we need to talk about this. And just, just so that you know, if you're struggling with this, if you're struggling with your sexual orientation or who you have feelings for, I just want you to know we love you. Like all the leaders love you. We are crazy about you, and we're also crazy about Jesus because he's so good, and he is amazing, and he loves you just the way you are. But he doesn't want you to stay the way you are. So this is big, guys. This is big. And so, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, Paul goes on to say, he doesn't live in man-made temples and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything 
and he satisfies every need. And as I look back and I see all my friends doing stupid things in high school, I just realized they were just searching for satisfaction. So they would make out with people and they were just looking for intimacy. When they were getting drunk and getting high, they were just trying to forget about all the pain and all the suffering that they were dealing with. Like the people are looking for life. And guess what? If you are a follower of Jesus, like I said before, you have the answer, you have the hope. So there's nothing to be embarrassed about. We have something to say. He satisfies every one of our needs. Paul goes on to say, from one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth, and he decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. And what, the, what this is saying, what we can apply to us, is that God has put you in a situation right now to make a difference. Because why he goes on to say, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. Our God is not far from us. God isn't just some distant God. No, he cares about every single person in this world. For God so loved this world. He desires everybody to come to know him and to experience life and to find him. Paul goes on and says, God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now, but now, he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. He commands everyone. And when the Bible says everyone, when Paul said everyone, he meant everyone. And that means the person in your family that really annoys you. And that means a person that kind of smells kind of weird that sits next to you in class. So it's the person that is annoying. It's a person that you don't like. It's a person that disagrees with you about everything. Everyone, everywhere, he commands to turn to him. And this is what we're supposed to do. As to share our light, to be the light of the world to everyone everywhere because God so loves this world. And you could play a part in that. Like tonight, you could play a part in God's story. You can make a difference not, that is bigger than yourself. And so maybe the question you're asking tonight is still how do I do this? How do I do this? Because I don't want to be this ignorant, you know, person that I don't want to be stuck up and rude. How do I be genuine in doing this? And that's a great question. And I think Jesus says it best when he said this. He said one time that by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You want to know how the world's going to know that we're really serious about this thing? Is by if we love one another. And that means everybody. So for starters, ask yourself this question. You want to make a difference in this world? Start by loving the people that are next to you. How are you loving the people next to you? And I'm not, I'm being ser like serious and genuine. By loving someone, you're not ripping them apart behind their back. You're not gossiping about them. You're not slandering them. You're thinking better of them. You're thinking low. You're thinking humble of yourself. Like, like love. Like going the extra mile 
for the people. And because honestly, maybe this is where we need to start. If you want to see this green room get bigger and bigger with more people coming to know Jesus, we need to love one another well. Because think about this for a second. If I'm coming in and y'all talking bad about each other, y'all doing your thing and y'all not loving each other, why would I want to be a part of this? It starts by loving one another, forgiving one another, thinking highly of other people with your words, with your actions. So how are you loving the people around you? And, and this would spread out and you could start now loving people outside these walls, people in your family, and you just love people well. And I'm telling you, when you love people well, when you're there for people, people will start asking questions. People will start noticing some different things about you. They'll see that you're serious. So, are you embarrassed by your relationship with Jesus? Are you embarrassed? Are you afraid of what others think of you here tonight? Are you afraid? Do you care about what other people think about you? Because as I look and as I read God's word, God's word says, blessed are those who are persecuted. And when I read that, I'm not that comfortable because I don't want to, I like not to be persecuted. I don't want to, you know, make people feel uncomfortable. But, man, people need hope. People need love. Not only will ever satisfy coming from Jesus. And so are you afraid of what others might think of you? Are you embarrassed? Paul says in Galatians that if I'm living for the approval of people, I'm not a servant of Jesus then. So are you looking for people's approval here tonight? So my bottom line here tonight is really simple. Don't be ashamed of who Jesus is, man. Because everyone everywhere needs him. Everybody everywhere needs him. God calls you to something greater. Yes, you. With all your flaws and imperfections, and maybe your shy personality, maybe you're, you're bashful, maybe you're rude, maybe you're angry towards people. No, he calls you to bring hope to people. If you feel like you need something more out of this Christian walk, this is it. This is it. Time to step up. Now, if you accept this call, man, and you want to change this world for Jesus, you're on mission. Share love. Be loving. Love one another well. Let's just see this green room explode with people who are far from God coming to experience life in Jesus. Let's just hear testimony after testimony. People, it's like, I used to party but then I met Jesus. I used to party, and I used to get drunk, and I used to get high. I used to feel terrible about myself. I used to feel worthless, but then I met Jesus. Don't you guys want that? Live for something bigger than yourself. God's crazy about you. He's crazy about Long Island, and I can't wait to see what he does through you guys, man. So you don't have to be embarrassed. So go out tomorrow if you're the only serious Christian in your friend group, man. Don't be. Just be loving. Be caring. Meet people's needs. 
and bring them hope. Don't be ashamed about Jesus because everyone, everywhere needs him. Let's pray. Jesus, our heart breaks for this island. Jesus, our heart breaks for the lost. Jesus, our heart breaks for people who are struggling, people who are living meaningless lives, people who are just wasting their lives on things that will never satisfy them. And God, now is the time that we're not silent anymore. We can't be silent. We can't just sit here and be comfortable with just what we're doing and how, God, this thing that you've called us to is not supposed to be this just for ourselves. It's supposed to be bigger than us. So God, we humble ourselves and we ask you to do great things through us, God. Give us opportunities to share the gospel. Give us opportunities to share good news. So that for the people who are serious about this, just take a couple seconds right now. And if, if you want to take a step of faith and you want to be crazy and talk to people about Jesus and take that next step, God will lead you to people. And so right now, I believe God's good, and, he's, and if you're serious about it, he's giving you people right now that you need to talk to, that you need to have conversations with, that you need to share hope with. I remember in youth group that I had the same messages over and over again, and I, I remember just thinking, man, like, these are the people that need Jesus, and I was so embarrassed, and I look back, and I'm regretful, and I, have, I wish I could have done more. I wish I could have just been honest and vulnerable and shared Jesus and didn't care what they thought because they need Jesus. So God's good and he's gonna open up doors for you to have conversations this week. I just, I believe that. Are you gonna have the boldness? Are you gonna have the courage and the audacity to share the love of Christ and the cross and the resurrection, making Jesus and his resurrection the biggest thing Now for the person right now, for the people right now that are feeling convicted, that are feeling lost, that are feeling broken. Tonight you heard of good news, that you've heard that Jesus came down, died on the cross, and it was a historical event, and he rose back from the grave. And if you want to accept this mission, if you want to begin a journey with Jesus, if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, he is calling your name and he loves you and he's crazy about you the way that you are. You don't have to dress yourself up. You don't have to you act a certain way. You just humble yourself before him right now. And you could start with a conversation and say something like this and say, Jesus, I'm broken. Jesus, I'm in need of you. The life I'm living is worthless. Thank you for getting on the cross and dying for my sin and rising back from the dead. Now I choose this life with you. 
I choose this journey with you. Thank you for saving me. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You guys can stand as we close out with one more song here tonight.